0: Welcome to Cathedral Talk, a podcast about architecture and Minecraft, where we converse to save Notre-Dame.
1: Cathedral Talk Reacts. We have a new episode dropping about the last episode of Cathedral Talk. I'm here with my boys. Boys. boys Tom and David. They're back off furlough, everyone.
0: David's face is, I'm not sure I want (laughs) to participate in this bit. Uh... (laughs) How did it feel uh, to not get paid last time around? How did it feel to be slapped down by the man?
1: I had to find alternative sources for zero income. Who's the man? I think I am. Tom. Tom's the man. I don't know if I can accept this premise. (laughs) (laughs) It's improv. David, you have to do yes
2: and. Oh, Tom and I could never I could never do improv with Tom if that's the rule. Oh, okay.
0: So how was your holidays? It was good. Good. Very cold. Did you travel or were you in Colorado the whole time?
1: Colorado's a big enough state that I stayed in state and traveled.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty big state and you're pretty much the center of it, right? Yeah, pretty much. Did you get much snow?
1: Yeah, we got uh snow even today, but we've had snow on the ground for a lot longer than a typical duration of colorado snow as in it usually is melted by now yeah yeah usually melts really fast oh really well at least on the prairie i I can't say the same thing about the mountains sure
2: we were both at our parents for the holidays itself and we actually did get a white christmas for that which it's been a while since had actual white christmas
0: it was a preemptive white christmas the snow was already there by the time
2: we arrived by the time you arrived well
0: oh was it snow in the middle of your i guess that's true we waited a day we yeah. walked
2: around with uh, Theo in the snow, and he was very quiet and enjoyed the whole thing until at some point he made one noise. We were surprised and realized what it was, and it was because his hat had slipped over his eyes, so he couldn't see anything.
0: That happens with baby hats.
1: All seven of you crashed at your parents' place?
2: Tom stayed in a hotel.
0: I stayed in a hotel, a luxurious king suite in the hotel with an attached queen suite side by side. I was going to stay in a cheap hotel, but then turned out that hotel was... Uh, also run by this more expensive hotel. And they said, we don't have enough staff for both hotels, so we're going to close the cheap hotel and bump you over to the expensive hotel at no additional cost. And then they put us in the most luxurious quarters. So I'm most pleased with the outcome.
2: I slummed it at my parents.
0: Yep. In your closet of a bedroom.
2: No, I slept in their bedroom. I had a, had a baby to sleep in there. There's no way you could have slept in my closet of a bedroom with a baby.
0: I slept in your closet of a bedroom with my baby last summer.
2: That's because you share a bed.
0: No, no, no. no. He was in a uh, pack and play in the corner side by side the bed.
2: Why did you do that?
0: Just because we have two boys and we have to keep them separated.
2: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. Anyway. Cathedral talk reacts. Cathedral talk reacts. (laughs) What did you think of that uh, that episode about the Washington National Cathedral?
0: What
2: did I think? (laughs) Tom, what did you think?
0: uh, Well. Uh, I'm glad the edit's over. That's what I think. That was a long edit. I I didn't say anything at the time, although I think it was obvious that we did not record in the usual acoustic space. We recorded in the central bell tower of Washington National Cathedral, which is a big ambient space with lots of very solid walls all around you. So it was very echoey. And I was like, you know, this is not ideal for podcasting, but it's also epic. So we're just going to go for it. And uh, it made the edit job tricky.
1: Did it double as his
0: office? Uh, No, uh, but uh, we both agreed that it was our favorite space in the cathedral. So we we just decided to go up there and enjoy the view. Fair enough. It is the, one of the best views in Washington. Hands down. Yeah, it's the highest point in all of Washington, higher than anything else on top of Mount St. Alban. You can see out all over to the, the mall with the Capitol Building and the Washington Monument and the Lincoln and Jefferson Memorials, Kennedy Center, uh, I mean, they're, they're a bit far down there, you know, they're, they're tiny, but it's, it's a beautiful Vista.
2: They're not that tiny. Was it a clear day? It was a clear day. Yes. But he's also been there 400 times before. So you yeah. d- didn't particularly need to see the view that particular day. This is uh,
0: as people who have been faithfully listening to the podcast.
2: No, I am a bell
0: ringer at the cathedral. And so I am up there with some regular frequency. More before the babies, but uh, hopefully one day the babies will let me go more.
1: You're not going to bring the babies to bell ringing? Oh, he has.
0: I I have once or twice, but uh, it's not practical.
1: Just uh, baby Bjorn them and uh, just ring while they're strapped to your chest?
0: Well, I also I wanted to mention, uh, too, I I said that it's the highest point in D.C., uh, but I I don't mean to state that the cathedral is the tallest building in D.C. That's not true. It's certainly tall. I think it's like the fifth tallest building in D.C.? I have to double check that. But because it's on the mountain overlooking all of D.C., and when I say mountain, I mean tall hill, uh, it's at the highest point. The Central Tower is at the highest point in all of D.C. So it is above the Washington Monument. If you look straight out you can sort of see at level eye level that you're a little bit above that Washington monument
2: what else could be if fifth tallest, what else could be taller the washington monument honestly the, the tower at the catholic, national
0: uh, the, the basilica of the national yeah.
2: shrine of the immaculate conception at catholic university its
0: tower is actually just a tiny bit taller than washington national cathedral's yeah however it's a much thinner and uh not as huge towers, cathed- national cathedrals. You know how it is with these spindly things. You could just beat somebody by a few feet. And uh, The old post office pavilion, uh, I actually think might be slightly taller. Oh, too, really? I think. Huh. I, I think it is. Yeah, I have to double check that, but I think it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's like fifth or 6th a. I'm sure I've seen, like there's some Wikipedia page like tallest buildings in DC.
2: The forever reliable source. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach, to your question earlier, that room may not double as joe alonzo's office but it does double as the room where tom got engaged uh yeah that's true i had to remember that for oh that's true yeah <laughs> <laughs> maybe cut that part
1: out well
2: you did have kind of like the least definitive engagement of all time uh this is true
1: did you just turn to your to be fiance and be like hey you want to get married uh and she was like what i can't hear you over the bells uh and you're like
0: (laughs) no we we uh it was not during a normal ringing session we just wanted to go enjoy the view and uh uh it was a nice summer day if i remember correctly well, Bells don't actually
1: play a part in the the React episode.
0: Yeah, this is this isn't a Bell episode. Bell episodes are every multiple of 10.
2: Right, right, right. That's right. We're not allowed to talk about Bells except by Tom's weird formulaic rules. Mhm. Yep. Was this pre or post earthquake your proposal?
0: Oh, uh that was post. Um yeah, the earthquake was early into my time here in DC. I had moved to DC in 2009. The earthquake was just two years later in 2011. So
1: you had the romantic views of scaffolding?
0: Yes. I mean, the building has ever since been having large parts of it with scaffolding on it. And the, the central tower has a
2: lot of scaffolding on the top of it, but it doesn't obstruct the view. Zach, is that when you had just moved away from DC? Was that right? Did you move away right before the earthquake? Um,
1: I moved away the Thanksgiving before...
2: Yeah, I'm trying to remember. So I, you, Thanksgiving 20. It must have been 2010 because 2010. You were, yeah. you, you were at Earlham or you were in the area my freshman year. You missed an earthquake. We're sorry.
1: Well, I had previous to living in DC with Tom. I lived in Southern California where I had experienced several earthquakes. I didn't know you lived in Southern California. Yeah. I've been all over the country. How long were you there? I was there for the year after my graduation, so oh seven okay. and oh eight. You didn't experience earthquakes
2: on the level of what DC got, did you?
1: I don't remember what I uh, what the magnitude of the earthquakes I experienced, but they were definitely. Um, it felt like a large semi driving at highway speeds right outside of my building.
2: Huh, okay. I don't have a sense of how common sensations like that are in that part of the world that has lots of fault lines. Obviously, people talk about like needing to, needing to be resilient for the big one, but I don't know how often they get minor but still noticeable earthquakes.
1: The earthquake resiliency that was drilled into Washington National Cathedral and those uh, metal posts being put in. Does that ruin the gothic-y experience for you with the building, or is that just a fact of reality that you've come to grips with?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I'm not too obsessed with that. The things that are going to be, you know, held together in place with some more metal work are, like we said, largely decorative. All these pinnacles and finials are, I mean, they do have a function. They add weight to the tops of the buttresses to keep them a little bit more stable, but they're not like an iron chain that's holding the whole thing up from toppling over like an amien so it's 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 a different level of necessity i think it's just it's some insurance is what i would say
2: so is that the how you categorize it in terms of changes you are comfortable with the parts that need to remain gothic are related to the actual integrity of the structure whereas decorative Who cares? Yeah. um, Or at least decorative does not take away from if it's gothic or not.
0: Yeah. I mean, you might remember I also asked the question, like, were they trying to include some different like geometries with how the stones like fit together and interlock and stuff? And it sounds like they weren't going to do too much more of that than what was already done instead using the metal to sort of be as insurance holding the things together from the inside out. And it's a very common practice, it sounds like, today. Like, actually, I don't. did you know that the Parthenon in Athens has been under this extensive restoration for, like, decades? They've been trying to reassemble the Parthenon in, in Athens, Greece, with, like, putting back a lot of the stones that have been, for centuries, just spewing about the Acropolis. And one of the ways they're doing that is they're using, in some cases special metal braces down the center of the columns to get them to fit back together, which is a similar thing, actually.
2: Decades for the Parthenon is like a speck in its history.
0: That's true. But as far as restorations go, I, I don't remember exactly, but I want to say like 70s, 80s, somewhere, somewhere in there, like this restoration just keeps going and going and going. and I, I don't know how close they are to the end. I haven't seen the news on the Parthenon in a while. We'll talk about the whole Parthenon sometime. That'll be fun. So, uh, in terms of some of the details of what you remember from the interview, what are you
2: what are you holding up? I actually took notes. Oh, good. Well, I don't need to start. I listened to this like two weeks ago. Okay. Well, you know, I don't remember the episode, but I took notes. So hopefully, my notes are intelligent. Okay, great. Well, you know what? What what are some notes you took,
0: David? Let's uh, let's hear it.
2: Well, one of them was what Zach said. I wrote, "Glad to hear it's more earthquake resilient. Interesting to hear about the rods through the pentacles rather than stone on stone." I actually, didn't even. I guess I, that was somewhat of a revelation to me, and that I didn't realize that they were just stone on stone, and that that was af- as effective of a yeah. st- strategy to just have something remain steady was to just do stone on stone. Yep. Yep. But we talked about that.
0: Well, the stone on stone, and again, not just stone on stone, but just like two flat surfaces of relatively tall like oblong monoliths of stone, right? Mm. Like pinnacles aren't like a flat block, right? A pinnacle is, you know, a tall pointy thing. <laughs> sure. And like, if it was just a model, you could just go dink and it would fall off, right? But I guess just it's that heavy. That heavy. That for
2: decades that it would stay there even in heavy wind storms. I mean, wind doesn't usually move stone. So that tracks.
0: Yeah, not until the earthquake.
2: Yeah, that's, uh, that's a different order. I mean, that has the word earth in it. As in stone and quake as in move. Yeah. The I probably have questions for you that you are not necessarily gonna be prepared to answer. Sounds like fun. How much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood in Notre Dame? Well, not anymore. Joe Alonzo is a stonemason. What is the difference between a stonemason to an architect to an engineer? Or like a mason and a stone carver? Like these are all very related jobs. I don't quite understand how Mr. Alonzo's job is unique from all those other types.
0: Well, we'll definitely have to get back together with Joe sometime and field him some more questions because he's got answers for everything. But I will do my best because I think I have a general sense. Um, the architect is, I think, probably what most people are familiar with, the actual blueprints person, the person who designs the things conceptually from the onset. And of course, once the building's built, if modifications or revisions or restorations need to be done. It's probably the architect's job first to review all the uh, original plans and, you know, how things should be built or rebuilt. And then the engineer's job is somebody who is going to sort of figure out, you know, how's the thing going to hold itself together? Like, is the thing going to really stand up or is the thing going to fall over under these uh, physical stresses, I I, I generally think of the engineer as the closest thing to the physicist Mm -hmm. in this group of people. The engineer is the person who's like really figuring out, you know, the physical mechanics, a lot of these things. Uh, not an architect and I'm not an engineer, so I'm just talking out of, you know, what my layman's readings have told me, but I do remember hearing somebody who went to architect school in my past who was relaying to me that, When they were in architect school, they were surprised at how often in classes they were encouraged to just build whatever and don't worry about whether or not it continues to stand up. (laughs) Don't worry if it's going to fall over. Just design something cool. Again, I cannot
2: confirm this at all, but this is just... And then just let the engineer take it from there.
0: And then you can deal with constraints afterwards. Right. (laughs) So... I mean, I I imagine that is probably an extreme and an unwarranted example, but I I think it does help illustrate um, the difference in jobs where the architect has an idea and the engineer says, okay, practically we can. And then the stonemason largely is responsible for the actual assembly, uh, the person who's really putting the thing together, the actual hands-on, you know, mortaring and stone cutting and, you know. Uh, assembly but of course there's a lot of collaboration going on here
2: uh, that's this is a great question that I would like to get more details so the stonemason if, if we if we were talking the same for like a skyscraper mm. the stonemason for a cathedral would be the equivalent to the 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 construction worker foreman of the construction
0: yeah i mean uh for for skyscraper i mean I mean, have you ever watched This Old House? Sure. Like on This Old House, right? They, they've they got your carpenters, right? You've got your general contractors, but you also have your... Masons, and it's usually the masons who are building, you know, the fireplaces, and if there's stonework, like in the the steps and stuff for the house, right? You know, anything that deals with materials and
2: masonry, you know, that's the mason. Just happens to be that a gothic cathedral is nothing but, basically.
0: I mean, to refine your question a little bit, the way I would want to poke the question a little bit more is, do stone masons, are, are their set of skills very different from a standard Mason who does a lot of brick work, you know, on, mm. you know, brick structures in town. I, am kind of under the impression again, just from the talking that uh, probably a lot of the stone masons at the cathedral would be perfectly proficient at laying some brick. I don't know if that goes the other way around though. Like maybe uh, somebody who lays brick isn't as proficient at assembling giant blocks of limestone. But again, I, these are questions to ask.
1: From the interview, it sounded like he ordered the limestone to specific specifications from quarries. Yeah, so he's not the one cutting it. Yeah,
2: yes, that's that's true. And, well, and at some point, he also he also makes a differentiation between his job and the st- uh, stone sculptors. He definitely yeah. makes it clear that he's not the sculptor.
0: Like so, there's two there's kind of two veins here. Huh? <laughs> Get it? Veins of stone. Uh, uh. uh There's two kind of real. I sort of like pathways with this limestone, right? You've got the general construction blocks of stone for the piers and the buttresses and the walls and the arches and the vaults. But then you've got your decorative stonework, the gargoyles, the statues, all the tracery and the windows, all the stuff that isn't really structural, but just very decorative. And I'm not entirely clear if a sculptor refers only to that delicate artwork or if sculptors are also, or carvers, I should say, are carvers also run-of-the-mill carving the basic blocks of stone for construction as well. I'm not sure. I think this might be mentioned. I, 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 I want to say that they were distinct in, for example, David McCauley's book, which you might remember quickly popped up on the previous episode. But again, I always want to be like careful, like... Well, yeah, maybe that's what they were called in the Middle Ages, but how does it, whatever they called today.
2: So then I guess all this begs the next question of which of these jobs for cathedrals in particular is in the most demand and which would be the most fun for someone like you? (laughs) I I imagine that's somewhat of an axis of Mm -hmm. demand to most fun. Designing a new cathedral, obviously most fun. Right. Definitely uh, lease in demand.
0: Right. Architect would probably be my first choice, but there's a a real dearth of cathedral design going on around the world right now. I mean, there might be a few, but not many people are building Gothic cathedrals. I mean, arguably, the Washington National Cathedral is the one only full-sized, complete gothic cathedral in the united states you might you might remember we mentioned saint john the divine in new york city
2: which you trashed
0: i mean it's quote quote complete but it's, it's it's not complete at all. Um, they stopped construction well before the original intent of all the towers and one of the transepts, whereas Washington National, it's kind of this special place where, you know, this is the one place you can go in the United States to really see a full Gothic cathedral.
2: I got more questions, but We could probably go back and forth.
1: Zach, you got any? No, you usurped my question about what Tom would want to do if he had a chance to work at the cathedral.
2: That's well, you could ask it like that at this specific theater, what do you want to do? Are
1: you going to be head change ringer? <laughs> you coming for that position? This is getting weirdly personal. This entire podcast is <laughs> this personal. This entire
0: podcast is the most <laughs> well, personal. Yeah, but... <laughs> I mean, talking about love of cathedrals is one thing. Talking about what do I want to do for my job is a
2: different thing. At a cathedral. <laughs> Tom, isn't this whole thing just, just free therapy for you? Isn't that why we're doing this?
0: Uh, that is a very excellent point, yes. All right. Well, I
1: guess I guess you're unwilling to answer that question, which is fine. You don't have to answer every question.
0: Well, let me put it this way. Um, I think I would enjoy... I think I would really enjoy just about any of the jobs. I think I would love being a mason. I think I would love being an architect. I would love being an engineer. Actually, I I think the one – the structural engineer is a really interesting job that has to this day probably practical use because the architect's job – I mean, again, maybe I don't have the full picture, but – the architect's job does seem to be diminished, of course, once the project is over. A lot of these great buildings still have an architect that they go to, like the Capitol Building has the architect, even Notre Dame, Philippe, who uh, Joe met uh, in that one story he told, is currently the architect of Notre Dame. But structural engineers... Do seem to be people that are actively always checking to make sure like, oh, is this going to stay up or is something going to fall over? Can we do some experiments and some collection of data and figure out how the forces are interacting with the elements and the wind and changes in environment? So I think that would be perhaps in present day, current form, that would be a job I would find very interesting. Also, you get to build cool models on 3D software and knock things over and watch it fall down virtually.
2: Well, you uh, are probably our most dedicated listener, uh, uh, happens to be a newly licensed structural engineer. So, hey, in Law, how, uh, how was Tom's description there? I look forward to your recorded remarks that we will interject in uh, in the next podcast, uh, correcting every mistake we've made. Oh boy,
0: that's going to be fun.
2: Calling you out. Cathedral talk reacts of reacts. By our <laughs> listeners. Mm-hmm. Exactly. One thing I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into,
0: and again, these are questions that I had a lot of answers to, but again, good questions always lead to more questions. We were talking about the weathering of limestone, you remember, and how that the cathedral's weathering like two to four millimeters a century or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. I was wanting to go a step further and I was almost thinking kind of like a Minecrafter where I was like, so if you build this thing out of granite instead, right? Like if you build this thing out of something that isn't just limestone, will it stay up longer? Will it be you know even more immortal than it would be in limestone? Maybe granite also weathers, or maybe it doesn't weather as much. But then, as Joe made the good point, limestone is, it's a perfect balance of strong, tough, durable, but also easier to carve, lightweight, and as they have learned at Notre Dame, if your vaults are too heavy, they don't stay up. So I don't even entirely know if you can build the same kind of vault structure out of like a heavy stone like granite or not, and I would really like to know more, you know, has that been done?
2: Limestone is uh, lighter because it's more porous. Is that right?
0: Yeah, it's. A, I think it's called a sedimentary rock where it's, it's built up of ancient fossils of this and that from some ancient era that have been compacted over time. Uh, like some kind of water basin thing or something. And uh, yeah, it is porous. um, And there are different grades, as you heard, of limestone, some that are definitely more porous than others. Uh, And it sounds like the cathedral limestone here in D.C. is an especially high quality of limestone. And I was under the impression that that probably makes it like more durable and less porous. But again, another good question.
1: Pop quiz. What are the other types of rock? Uh, Igneous and Dwayne Johnson. I was willing to accept... Punk, pop. I liked my answers. Your answers were okay. (laughs) Classic, Dwayne Johnson. Classic. No, no. I was was listing off other types of rock. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. For those geology students, in Tom students, uh, metamorphic. Is also
2: an acceptable answer. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah. Oh, I forgot
1: about that one too. How could you forget
2: about metamorphic? I, is it metamorphic, sedimentary, and igneous? or those are the three? Sounds right. Uh, I believe so. That's like, I'm. that's truly, I think, fourth or fifth grade science class right there. I don't think I've studied that since maybe, okay, I guess maybe briefly in ninth grade.
1: What limitations are there on volcanic rock that prevent them from being good cathedral stones?
0: Well, we talked about cologne. And David knows well the effect of having that certain kind of rock to build that cathedral. It's dark. Is that volcanic rock? That's what he said, yeah.
2: Oh, I missed that.
0: Yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, a different kind, well, I mean, I think he did, but it was not your usual limestone. It was some kind of.
2: Yeah. He did say it was something different. Yeah.
0: And I, I said it was sandstone, but I was incorrect about that.
2: Oh, yeah, no, no, I, I was wrong. The errata. Yeah. Where's the errata at the, the top of this episode? I want errata. Uh, sorry. This is, this whole episode has been nothing but errata. Yeah. That's probably true. Mm-hmm. And next episode will be errata for the errata. <laughs> when he mentioned
0: too, like, you know how like people who have like brick houses who need to repoint their house every so often. And I was like, actually, I have a brick house and maybe I need to repoint it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, is that something I need to add to my list of home ownership
2: duties? Well, th- That makes me th- go back to the, the jobs that you would enjoy doing. Would you enjoy doing any of the manual labor side of, of things? Like if it was part of a cathedral or would it be, it would have to be something in the more conceptual? Um,
0: I think you know if I had been there at the right time, at like if I had already had the training to be a mason when the earthquake had already happened, uh, and then the real reconstruction was going on. I I think that might have been an interesting time to be really a part of sure. rebuilding the thing, or even better when the thing was under initial construction in the first place. In terms of a lot of the upkeep and maintenance. I don't know. I mean, I've never done it, so I'm not going to try to judge. But I imagine just carving out old mortar and repointing new mortar, if that's all you're doing, like if everything else is fine, but it's just repointing over and over. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's monotonous or maybe that's enjoyable. I imagine if you're on the south side of the cathedral and you get the great view on in the sun, that's probably enjoyable. But it's... Uh, cold rainy day maybe not so much
2: some of the work you do in minecraft is more monotonous than that well tom hasn't been on minecraft in a while well i
0: was editing that
2: last episode
0: Zach. <laughs> it took a long time
1: <laughs> i i have been on the server and i occasionally fly back to the cathedral to see the progress or
2: lack thereof
0: i will get some more done on that cathedral soon uh we have more to do there it is true And uh, I'll keep you praised as I make some progress again.
2: So I think the most tantalizing part of the interview was at one point, Mr. Alonzo said, quote, if the earthquake had lasted a few seconds more, dot, 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 and then just went off on a completely different tangent and didn't answer that. And, (laughs) And as far as far as I remember, does not come back. To that, to explain what would have happened if it lasted a few seconds more, and I very much want to know
1: <laughs> more damage, presumably. Yes,
2: more damage. <laughs> Seems like you <he> were saying <laughs> dot 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 orders of magnitude. Nothing would have happened. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I I think what what would have happened was that instead of having a handful of pinnacles topple over, probably all the pinnacles would have toppled over. Probably a few of the east buttresses on the apps some of those most damaged flying buttresses may have given way who knows because they're really not that stable as you remember since they're not attached to the building uh, you know I I don't I don't think he was necessarily saying that the building would have structurally been threatened sure but it would have been orders of magnitude more expensive and time-consuming to repair right the most tantalizing thing for me that was right at the end that We didn't really go into greater depth, but I I wanted to probe Joe's soul just a little bit on Shart's restoration some more because we talked about briefly how Shart had, you know, the the painting over the actual joints of the masonry with faux joints. And he was he definitely was like, oh, that's right. They did that. But I was like, yeah, so how do you feel about that? <laughs> like, is that, is, is that like sacrilegious to you? Is that an affront to your job? And we didn't quite make it that far. So it's like, yeah, like, how, how do you feel about that? Would, would you feel upset if somebody said your, your joints aren't good enough? We're going to paint some fake joints over that.
2: I did get the sense overall that you have stronger opinions than our, <laughs> our, our friend, Mr. Alonzo, perhaps on, on, on certain things like this.
0: I mean, it's possible.
2: We'll have to have a follow-up. He seemed like a happy guy. Oh, yeah. Joe's a great guy. You seem like an eccentric.
0: That may be possible.
2: <laughs> so, on him specifically, though, also, like, mm. obviously, so much of your interview was on the, the earthquake for for a good reason. Mm. I am curious, and to, to, I know you don't have an answer to this, but what would his career have been these past 10 years if the earthquake had not happened? Mm. I know he referenced a little bit, like, some of the projects that they were starting to work on then. And yeah. and uh, he also said how they were taking advantage of the scaffolding being up there mm. to... Do some other repair work that was not related to, uh, to the earthquake, but yeah, I just you know it's a very different life trajectory or career trajectory if uh, yeah uh, such a event hadn't occurred. Well, we mentioned
0: that the National Cathedral does have a lot of unused niches for statue and sculpture that can still be included. In fact, sometimes when you're walking around, uh, you'll see these random like jets of blocks of stone just sort of like jetting out of a wall. And you'll be like, that's weird. Why is that block of stone just sort of jetting out of the wall over there? And they're like, oh, well, that's where they could carve some like head or face or gargoyle or something in the future. They just haven't done it yet. They're saving it for some future sculptor. Now, again, his job isn't a sculptor, but, you know, I'm sure he would still be involved with like, you know, assembling stones for more carvings and uh, upkeep and stuff. And, and of course, then they talked about just all of the annoying maintenance, like the, the story of uh, the funeral where all the flooding occurred mm, with the mm-hmm. pipes above the vaults. And so that's all the kind of stuff that's going to need to get fixed up by not only an engineer, but a mason, too. Right. So you both have been to the cathedral before. What are your opinions on how the National Cathedral is versus some of the other cathedrals we've talked about so far? We've talked about the National Cathedral a few times, but largely I've tried to save the big discussion about the National Cathedral for another time. And well, here we are today. How do you say it compares to Notre Dame or Chart or Amiens or uh, just other buildings in general? What do you think of it? Because you both have been there in person, right?
1: Yeah, but I haven't been to the other ones that you mentioned. That's true.
0: That's true.
2: I've only been to a couple of the others. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I don't have any. Uh, Tom is looking for contrast and compare, and I, I don't have anything to compare it with. So just talk about your own impressions without the, without the comparison. Yeah. Without the comparison, I mean, I've been in, like, New England has a lot of Uh, stone churches Mm -hmm. right they're not cathedrals but they're uh, I think if we go back to episode one where we talk about like what is a cathedral maybe some of them were technically cathedrals but they're not giant um, stone structures like the Washington National Cathedral they're just small stone structures and I have a soft spot in my heart for stone churches because as I said New England is littered with them and so mm-hmm. there there's some amount of familiarity that I experience when I enter those buildings and having been in DC after having not been in New England for a very long time, you know brought back those feelings of you know my high school had a had a big church it didn't have, the arcade is the the thing that you walk mm-hmm. around. Yeah, didn't have that, and you were talking about how the Washington National Cathedral doesn't have that either.
0: The ambulatory, in particular, is the curved part at the end, but that's all part of the arcade. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and so those those things were were kind of reminiscent, uh, or the the lack of some some structures, some spaces was familiar. Uh, I think if I went to a European gothic cathedral it wouldn't have the same sense of familiarity based off of the architectural conversations that we've been having
2: definitely yeah for me the national cathedral is an odd mix of modernity and the old world because it feels like an old like it it obviously looks like an old world building but when you get there like you can tell that it's more newly constructed and it, it is I don't mean this in a bad way, but jarring in in, in that sense of of that juxtaposition of two worlds. Uh, I think first off, I to something you were saying at the very beginning, its location is perfect. Yeah, uh, for the city that it's in, yep. it's just a little bit up a hill. It can look down at the rest of the city uh, very well. It stands out. It's not subsumed by other things nearby and it's got a, it's got a little bit of breathing space in terms of mm-hmm. the the surrounding area too it's not immediately abutted by other buildings yeah um it's not or it's, at least big ones it's
0: surrounded by a mixture of actual houses homes and right. some apartment buildings that aren't too tall
2: right exactly and for i think it was the first time i had ever yeah i remember being struck by the three towers of it um and that being a very peculiar style that uh i wasn't used to having primarily thought of gothic cathedrals in the notre dame style of just the 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 two twin towers in the front yeah um which the national cathedral does have but then it's got the one in the back and it's it's funny i'd never i had never really contemplated until you said in the interview either that those two towers in the front they're just empty they're just like they're just yeah there's nothing in there yeah Truly pure decoration, yeah. Uh, which is, uh, yeah, I, I hadn't, I hadn't, com- I comprehended that before. Yeah, There's so much of that, uh, you know, my association with the cathedral is the the center tower because that's where the the bell ringing is. Yeah. uh well, which I it's been even longer for me, but also a bell ringer there, mm-hmm. and, and so I think about it primarily from there. I think I've said previously that it it's not as dark as Notre Dame, but it's not a, it's not a light cathedral on the inside. Yeah. It is still moody.
0: It's probably somewhere between Notre Dame as we remember her before the fire, yeah, and Amiens, which is largely all clear
2: white glass. I don't know. I don't know Amiens. How about what, is Amiens brighter or darker than St Paul's in in England?
0: Amiens is a little bit darker than St
2: Paul's, but is definitely approaching. Gotcha. Yeah, because St Paul's is the epitome of yes. as bright as you can make it.
0: Uh, St Paul's is extremely bright. Uh, National Cathedral is somewhere in the middle because it's clean on the inside as opposed to most of these other buildings which are fil- filthy on the inside. And right. as we have discussed episode after episode, this has been a profound discovery in the world of cathedrals that these things used to be a lot brighter if they had only just been cleaned more over the centuries on the inside. But on the other hand, the National Cathedral has a complete complement of stained glass. Like none of its yeah. windows yeah. are... Clear glass, all of its windows are beautiful, ornate, very rich colored blues and reds that does block light. So there's a lot of artificial lighting on the inside, too, to offset it, as is there a lot of artificial lighting in Notre Dame and Reims and Chartres and Amiens as well. So.
2: Yeah, Yeah, it shows that just being clean on the inside is not enough to make a cathedral feel particularly light. It really does come down to what type of glass the windows are. One of my favorite
0: little details that the National Cathedral has that isn't unique but is definitely approaching unusual is that in the clear story, again, that giant array of windows at the top right next to the vaults on the, the topmost level of the main nave. Unlike most clear stories at other cathedrals like Notre Dame and Chartres to Amiens, the National Cathedral actually has a walkway right at the base of those windows. It's very narrow. it's very thin and it's not for the faint of heart., uh, but you can actually climb up there and be right up with those windows with an actual tiny little banister. Uh, again, at most other you know Gothic cathedrals in France, there's there's no way to be up there. Like you'd have to actually get scaffolding to get up that high but the National Cathedral actually has this walkway there. And it's actually kind of cool too, because since the windows are a little bit recessed in order to have the space for that walkway to go in front of them, you get more play with the stained glass shining through the window onto that sort of orthogonal surface of the walkway. And uh, if you look at some of the shots of the nave in the slide deck that I included in the episode notes from the previous episode. I, it was actually a great day that I was just taking a bunch of photos of the inside because it was a very sunny day. And in the winter, since the sun's angle is a lot more pitched than it would be in the summer, you get this these great projections of the stained glass onto the stone on the inside, and it's just
2: breathtaking. What's also breathtaking is this old postcard of a church that it's apparently nostalgic for Zach that he just shared with us.
0: Oh, I want to see this. This is the
1: um, Sage Memorial Chapel that was on my high school grounds.
0: Oh, hey, that's cool. I like that.
2: Oh, that's much taller than I, uh, the sense of scale. At first, I didn't see, but then you oh. see those little people there. And that's quite big.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty big. I mean, it, I think what throws it off is it's it's tower is flat on the top and it makes it look stunted but even though it's stunted it's actually quite tall
2: you could fit 10 bells into that tower easily
0: yeah this is what i meant by um like nostalgic right yeah well also on a future time that hopefully i'll get to talk to joe some more in the future i mentioned earlier the parthenon in uh the restoration that just keeps going and going and going on the acropolis in athens and um One of the things that's fascinating about the stonework or the marble work at the Parthenon is that there is no mortar in that ancient Greek structure. It's just block of marble on block of marble pinched together, squeezed together in like these incredibly precise joints. And so I wanted to, one. I, I wanted to ask him: Is like, does anybody build like that anymore? Where they just don't use mortar? I'm under the impression that no. It's the tried and true thing is to always use mortar. But again, the Parthenon is just block of stone on block of stone on block of stone. And how they got such impressive joints where they fit together that you can almost not even see the, the seams. I'm curious, like. To a mason, you know, how impressive is that and what would it take to get some kind of connection point like that?
2: Well, that leads to a question that I wasn't sure if we were uh, would naturally fit or not. But one of the things, one of the questions that I had from your interview was, I, I don't understand what the difference between mortar versus poor concrete versus hard concrete.
0: Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. And that I I don't know fully, but mortar – it's not straight up concrete. It's it sounds like sometimes it sounds like from his description, you remember he even gave a formula for that yeah. those bloody Victorians and their portland cement.
2: I'm well aware of what portland cement is for my climate change work. Really? No. Oh. oh yeah. Okay. All right. Cement is one of the worst processes for carbon emissions that we that we have because of the p- Oh,
0: I thought you were trying to push it over asphalt, but okay.
2: No. Well, yeah i don't longevity <laughs> matters a lot there mm-hmm. um but uh purely because of the chemistry of the the chemicals that are involved so there's a lot of work right now trying to figure out how you can decarbonize concrete uh, or okay. inject carbon into concrete or, or such so i'm uh i i have met with the portland cement lobby before <laughs>
0: okay it's not just the cement lobby it's the portland cement lobby i love it not joking yeah, um, I, mortar, it's not just straight up concrete that they're connecting the the blocks to. It's, it's some kind of intermediate, I think the best word is paste. Yeah. It's like a paste that's, it's like, it's, it's not like super glue that's holding these things together, like you're cementing them together, but it's filler, it hardens. It's supposed to be hard, but not too hard enough to seal it all together, but it'll give way. So the stone is safe. And, but it sounds like there is a mixture of cement in the mixture as part of the formula too, which again, I don't begin to understand the chemistry.
2: I guess while we're go- doing questions, the last other question I had, this one I think you're probably more, sure, we'll go with more competent at answering. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, th- Your discussion on freestanding buttresses, uh, how are those different than like N- Notre Dame buttresses? Okay, so
0: if you look at, any of the flying buttresses at Notre Dame, all of those flying buttresses eventually come down to the ground. But where they come down to the ground, they are connected to the outer wall of Notre Dame. So, for example, the east end of Notre Dame, the famous sort of semicircular end that you see from a lot of the great pictures on the Seine, all those flying buttresses, they come around to the outer circumference of that circle. And they, they are touched and the whole building is, you know – interlocked together with, you know, a complex web of, you know, stonework. But at the Washington National Cathedral, on the east end there, it has flying buttresses too that jet out from the top of the clear story on the outside. They help hold up those, well, debated as we talked about in the episode, but theoretically are supposed to hold up those uh, vaults on the east end of the apse. Uh, However, when they make contact with the standing buttresses... Those standing buttresses do not touch the wall of the cathedral. It's just like these great pillars of stone that are just standing straight out of the ground. There are some pictures. Did you look at the pictures of the slide deck?
2: Wait, which slide deck?
0: There's a, sorry, I didn't link it for this episode, but it was in the slide deck of the previous episode. Oh. If you just, I mean, might as well just, this might help you now, go to the slide deck of the previous episode Whole bunch of pictures. I think it's maybe about a third of the way down all the slides I, I did. There's some pictures of the. I think it's like either four or six of these freestanding buttresses that they don't touch the wall. They just they're just these giant pillars of stone. That's it's almost like a connection point between two separate structures. This flyer, and since it's not connected to the outer wall other than through the flyer itself, they sway a lot more in the event of an earthquake. As he also mentioned, uh, it's unclear as to whether or not those particular flying buttresses are even really doing much uh, to actually hold up that eastern end. And in fact, um, that's actually an interesting point. Do you remember when we were looking at Amiens Cathedral in two episodes ago? And how we talked about how it had some really terrible flying buttresses that were all lacy and didn't do their job. So somebody had to fix it and put in a new separate flying buttress underneath to try to make them effective again. Mm -hmm. If you look at the east end of Amiens Cathedral on its semicircular apse or chevet or hemicycle, whatever the word is. Yeah. You'll notice that they didn't include that secondary fix that secondary prop that was included in some of the flyers uh, just on the sides of the choir. And I've always wondered, it's like, well, was it unnecessary? Did they not need to fix those lacy flying buttresses on Amiens because they weren't buckling in the same way? And that makes me almost wonder if it's actually the exact same situation at Amiens. Maybe flying buttresses, just a pure guesswork. Maybe flying buttresses are not as important on that little semicircular tip as they are on just those straight walls. You know, if you think about building something out of just blocks, uh, a straight wall that isn't, you know, got any curvature to it falls over way more easily than a curved thing does. If you build a, a curved wall out of blocks, it's got more rigidity to it. And I wonder if it's actually that a lot of these flying buttresses at these other French cathedrals on the east end, I'm just talking about the east end, that semicircle, I wonder if those are more decorative than we originally expected, much like was proposed at National Cathedral. We'll have to find out. Investigative research on Cathedral
2: Talk podcast.
0: That's what I'll do with my life, David. There's your an- answer to your question. I'm going to investigate flying buttresses.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's not what this podcast says?
0: More or less.
1: Podcast is accumulating reasons to be
0: Finish that sentence. No, that is, th- <laughs> That's I the don't sentence? know how to do the French raison d'etre. Oh, I have one little bit of news, uh, back to our favorite cathedral, Notre Dame in Paris. I have seen recent video evidence that they are, they had now have the wooden framework or the wooden centering all in place for rebuilding the central vault. Now, If you actually go online, you can see some videos, maybe I'll link them in the show notes to this episode, of, you know, that the main vault that had collapsed, there is now actually woodwork where they're going to be placing the stones to rebuild those ribs and eventually that webbing or that infill, as Joe called it. That's faster than I expected. I wasn't expecting them to be ready to already have that in place. So I'm really curious to see how fast this job is going to go because I keep waiting for somebody in the news to say, actually, guys, it's just not happening. It's not going to be built in time for the Olympics. But they keep saying, ah, it's going to be ready. And now I'm getting real nervous if I have to buy Olympics
2: tickets or not. We're not close enough. To the Olympics for them to make a call like that? I
0: mean, how close do we have to be for them to make that kind of call?
2: The soonest would be a year out, right? I guess. But and I possibly need, I need to know
0: if I'm buying tickets to go to the Olympics or
2: not. <laughs> this is a hard call. Just get refundable. Refundable tickets to the Olympics. Is that a thing? Refundable tickets.
1: I mean, you can still go and you can still visit the island even if you can't enter the building, right?
0: Yeah. But I... I I, I think I want to time up my trip with a significant moment for the reconstruction at Notre Dame. So
1: I don't know. Would you rather be there for the significant moment of reconstruction or would you rather be there for the Olympics?
0: I think you could answer that question, Zach.
2: Yeah, that was, that's not a tough question.
1: Well, I'm just thinking about Tom visiting <laughs> the, uh, the Olympic athlete city and partying with all the athletes. It sounds like Tom.
0: Yep, that's totally me. That's it for now. Check out our podcast website at cathedraltalk.fm. There you will find many architectural visuals and Minecraft goodies. If you would like to support our efforts here at Cathedral Talk to aid in the restoration of Notre Dame, please use the direct link on our website to donate to friends of Notre Dame de Paris.org. Friends of Notre Dame is a nonprofit organization that is leading the international fundraising efforts to rebuild and restore Notre Dame Cathedral. By donating to them through the link at CathedralTalk.fm, we'll know that our podcast is reaching new patrons. As our own Minecraft project progresses, we'll be sure to share plans, screenshots, and videos for your own visual palette. Good day and happy building!